It's Pantathon Week on the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. And for five big days in a row, we're bringing you special episodes that put the fun in fundraising, including the week's planetary news, a closer look at the moon, and five special guest astrologers, plus your chance to win prizes. People, so many prizes. And now, here's your host, astrologer and author, April Elliott Kent. Hello, imaginary friend, April here. And welcome to the first episode of the third annual Big Sky Astrology Potathon. What is a potathon, you might ask? Well, this is the week each year when I bring you five daily episodes complete. This year with five very special guests and the chance to win some exciting prizes. Of course, this is also the week when I make my appeal for donations, which helps me cover the cost of producing this weekly podcast. But first, I really do need to take a moment to say thank you to those of you who have helped the show over the past year. I absolutely couldn't make this podcast without your support, and I truly appreciate you. And because this podcast is audience-funded, of course, I hope to continue to earn your support this year as well. As you know, I'd love to give a shout-out to some of my donors at the end of each regular episode to thank you for your individual support during the year. Now, if you don't like to have your name called out, that's completely okay. I have a workaround for that. But anyway, to encourage your contributions, here are this year's fantastic giveaways. First of all, everyone who donates $25 or more, as well as my ongoing monthly PodPal contributors, will be entered in a drawing to win one of these cool prizes. One grand prize winner will win a 90-minute reading with me, a $269 value. One lucky listener will win a 60-minute personal astrology reading with me. That's a $210 value. Another lucky donor will win a free enrollment in your choice of my upcoming courses, each of which are $249 value. My intermediate class begins in late September, and my advanced class on progressions and transits will be starting again in February. And one more lucky winner will receive a beautiful astrology poster with all kinds of keywords and really helpful information, donated by Patrick Blossa of The Elegant Universe. These are currently unavailable from his website, but I do have an extra one that he donated at last year's Potathon. It is gorgeous, and it is going to belong to one lucky donor. Now, to be entered in the drawing, you need to make your donation of $25 or more no later than Monday, September 12th, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. But April, you say, inflation is raging. What if I can't contribute $25? I am so glad you asked. I'm also inviting donors of only $10 or more to my special episodes for the equinoxes and solstices. My September equinox episode will be released on September 22nd and will give you a comprehensive look ahead at the coming three months. I also want to say that I know not everyone can contribute financially, which is okay. Don't worry. I get it. 
Here are a few easy, free ways that you can really help the podcast. First of all, if you like the show, please subscribe or follow on your app of choice. This is hands down the best way you can support the show without spending a cent. You could also leave a five-star rating or write a happy review either on Apple Podcasts or any of the other platforms that allow comments. These make my day. You could also join the conversation on my website and leave a comment at BigSkyAstropod.com. Just click on whichever episode you want to comment on. And finally, please do recommend the show to an astrology-loving friend. It makes all the difference. And now for today's episode. Now, this week, we are moving toward our latest Mercury retrograde period that will begin on Friday, September 9th, and it will end on October 2nd. Mercury's retrogrades tend to be a little more troublesome when we try to pack too much into our schedules. So this week, see if you can get ahead with some things. And as you're looking out in the coming weeks, see if you can lighten your calendar a little bit. Now, do as I say, not as I do, because I'm doing the potathon and I'm getting ready for my next course. So I'm definitely not taking my own advice, but I am sharing this with you in the hopes that you will. As longtime listeners know, the potathon is the week when I'm really able to give the moon some special attention because there are days during a week when not a whole lot else is happening other than the moon's aspects and when it's changing signs. Whereas if I'm doing a weekly episode, there are four or five good-sized things usually that I need to cover. So during the potathon, we try to look into the moon a little bit more. The moon's sign on a given day really describes the tempo and the pace of that day and also offers clues about the best ways of coping with things emotionally. Today, the moon is in Capricorn and Capricorn moon days are excellent for initiating projects, especially ones that you expect to take a while to complete. Moods are generally a little more serious when the moon is in this sign. But today, the moon does make a square to Jupiter at 5.44 a.m., which always brightens things up quite a bit, and an aspect to Mercury at 8.21 a.m., which can also make the Capricorn moon a little chattier than usual. My father was a sun sign Capricorn, and I remember he would have these silences that were like an entity. It was like this big black cloud (laughs) that hung over things. And when I got to know my husband, he had these similar kind of silences. And I got to know over time that it wasn't that he was feeling gloomy or that he was in a bad mood even. He just didn't particularly have anything he wanted to say. And when the moon is in Capricorn, very often we're not given to chit-chat. If we have something important we need to say, then we'll say it. And otherwise, we will tend to be a little more quiet. But the moon's aspect to Mercury today probably does loosen up our tongues just a little bit. Well, as Monty Python used to say, and now for something completely different. Nearly three years into the history of the Big Sky Astrology podcast, I'm offering my 
first ever interviews to celebrate this Potathon week. And my very first special guest is the one and only Mel LaFera. You might know her from the Energetic Principles podcast, which is a fine show. Mel is also a personal friend of mine from here in San Diego. She's an astrologer, a tarot consultant, and an all-around creative. Traveling the celestial path since 2009, Mel specializes in predictive astrology and the nature of celestial timing. Practicing a blend of traditional and modern astrology, she focuses on helping others find purpose and meaning via dialogue-driven consultation work. Host of the Energetic Principles podcast, she has a passion for giving back to the astrological community through monthly forecasts and specially curated educational episodes. When her head is not in the stars, she's composing beautiful music and studying herbal allies. Here is our chat. Well, Miss Mel, welcome to the Big Sky Astrology Podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Oh, I am thrilled to be here. Any interaction with April is always a fun and exciting one. <laughs> Stop it. Well, you know, thank you. And we have Leo planets, so we can uh, bill, bill and coo-coo over each other. Well, Mel, the reason I really was eager to have you on the show, as I must say, my very first guest on the podcast. <gasps> Woo! You know, I am... I have always been the first in things. And when people are like, who wants to go? And then people point at me or like, you go. Or <laughs> I'm used to being the first. <laughs> what in your chart do you attribute that to? Ah, uh, that is a good question. I think maybe cardinal planets, <laughs> the cardinal sun and moon. Maybe, maybe Uranus on the ascendant because I'm crazy enough to just jump right <laughs> and go for it. Mars ruled chart, right? You know, Mars is going to get in there. That makes sense. Mars wants to just do it. So that's perfect. Well, I wanted to speak with you specifically, Mel, because I am doing a moon themed week here with the Potathon. And one of the things that I get asked about a lot by students and by clients is about this issue of having a debilitated moon. And there are some signs, as we know, as astrologers that are considered somewhat troublesome for the moon. And I wondered if you wanted to tell us a little bit about that and why they are considered troublesome. Why are they? Yeah. Well, you know what? The moon likes to just be troublesome <laughs> naturally. <laughs> Who's always getting us into trouble? But moon and Mars, maybe. But yeah, there are a few positions that the moon can be in that are considered to be a uh, detriment or a fall position. And this just has to do with planetary rulership. That's why they are considered to be in a detriment or fall position based on who is backing them. Who do they look to? Who is in charge of their nature and their responses, right? So number one, number one, coming in on the ranks, we have the Capricorn moon. <laughs> the Capricorn moon is the moon that is considered to be in its detriment. You could also hear that as uh, being in its adversity or being in exile. And so what that means is that this moon is actually the farthest in its position from where the moon is at home, which is in Cancer. And so think about being the farthest away from home that you could possibly be. 
it's cold. It's dark. It's Saturn territory. Does the, does the moon like to be in Saturn's sign? You know, maybe it can be a little challenging, right? Because let's think about the moon in general. The moon is this receptive quality. It's our emotional self. I like to call it the behavior motivator because we react with it, right? We respond mm-hmm. with our moon. And so the moon is essentially filtered through Saturn. So just put that in your pocket and think about those two together, right? Now, another troublesome moon that we could think of is the Scorpio moon, which is in a position of fall, or you might hear that also as depression. And why that is, is it's because the moon in Scorpio is in an opposing position from where it's exalted in Taurus and Venus is signed, just feeling good you know, living it up, the central life. Well, in Scorpio, it's intense. It's ruled by Mars, a water sign ruled by Mars. It's like the angsty moon, <laughs> you know? It's mm-hmm. a little angsty. It's a little, uh, it's got a lot of passion, behind, you know, behind it, but it can be very destructive. I make a joke about it. There being emotional damage there. You know, if there's bottled up emotions with the Capricorn moon, Scorpio can have a little, you know, Marsy damage there because... I get this from you, actually, April, put the moon Mm. and Mars in a room. Because I remember you saying, you're like, when they're together, who's talking? Who's having a conversation? Mm -hmm. And so here we have two moons that are backed by malefics, challenging planets. And so they're just going to be a little more troublesome and a little more uncomfortable in their position to do moon duties and a little more inconsistent to show up in the way we would like like, but assume that the moon would show up. Right, right. And that makes a lot of sense because the moon is about how we want to be comfortable and safe. And both of those malefic planets, as you say, Mars, the ruler of Scorpio and Saturn, the ruler of Capricorn are anything but comfortable. They're really challenging. So that makes a lot of sense. Now, you are an owner of one of these moons, Mel, not to tell stories out of school. Oh, Tell us about your moon and how you think your moon's placement in this sign plays out for you. You know, I've had, it's, it's funny that, especially when you approached me about talking about the subject, because I've actually been thinking about it a lot lately. I, well, maybe because I'm currently teaching a course on dignity and ability. So you start to think about these things, but I've really been kind of taking in what it is to be an owner of a said debilitated moon. And it really does come down to, just the idea of it being uncomfortable and inconsistent in its nature, you know, because the moon in Capricorn, emotions are managed and controlled in some way, right? Which actually can be good. Absolutely. In some situations, because if you're overly emotional in this position that you you don't need to be or wouldn't suit the situation well, that Capricorn moon is coming in for the win. But when you need to be softer and kinder, and especially to yourself, right? You think about the moon being a position of self-nurturing. That is where the Capricorn can kind of shut things off or or maybe defer the, the needs of the self into work or stay, you know, holding up burdens or not wanting to be a burden for other people. I think that's a very Capricorn moon thing that I've definitely dealt with where you don't want to delegate out or ask for help in some way, because it's like, you're the rock, you can hold it all. You know, you you got this under control. And you're and the moon's like, no, you don't. Well, you're like Atlas with the world yes. on your shoulders and really carrying a lot. Yeah, you the Capricorn moon will carry a lot. And it's almost like if you don't know this about the moon being in detriment, you might think that there's actually nothing wrong with that. 
you know, that's just the way it is. But learning about archetype and learning about these positions, you know, you realize, oh, wow, it's uh, it, it isn't necessarily supposed to be like that. And it can break down. That's the thing, too. I, I always think about the Capricorn moon. And this could just be me because you got to remember, I am a cancer. So I have I was born on a full moon. So there is very mm-hmm. much a push and pull between that polarity for me. But I always find it funny when I bottle things up for so long. What happens is, especially if I'm asked about it by someone in, in a public place, I will burst out an ugly cry in front of oh. everyone. You know, you think about Capricorn naturally being kind of the top of the chart and being more public in nature. I, there have been more than one occasion where someone just asked me the right thing that hits the pings of the moon. And then I am just bawling with, <laughs> <laughs> because it has been stuffed oh. down so much that when it comes up, it can be really, yeah, like just burst through the barricade and Saturn it can't control. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. I never thought about that. I know one friend of mine has a theory that planets that are in their detriment or fall will sometimes describe traits that are more accentuated in our personalities because we have to work so hard to overcome the blockages. Yeah. Do you think that's true? I could totally see that in a lot of ways, because you do, you have to overcome it. It becomes more of a prevalent, just energy that you're aware of because it's not natural. And you got to work, you got to work hard at it. And, and this is the thing is like, when we're talking about debility and debilitated planets, there's actually superpowers there because you have to work hard at it and it's uncomfortable. You actually can come at it a way that is different than other people. You can understand others who have maybe emotional issues or emotional, you know, um, struggles or have, have been through trying things that touch upon maybe family or the nurturing dynamic, right? You know, a lot of times you're going to find Capricorn moons and we talk about like, yeah, the nurturing was sparse. You know, maybe I didn't get that hug. I didn't get that, you know, word of affirmation or just the care that you need because, you know, these things don't only play out in your internal life, they play out in your external world too. And so that seems to be a theme there. And then you can understand that in other people, people that have fall and debilitated planets, not just the moon, any position make great like social workers and just people are people that want to champion a cause or people that need to pull back and not like show up for something because they're taking a, an adverse position that they might be exiled for, but we need that sometimes too. And so that's another facet of just debilitated planets. But yeah, that Capricorn moon, it's, uh, it's, I, I love it in many respects. It helps me get a lot of things done, but it can also be very critical in nature and hard on the self. And so you have to kind of learn to, to mitigate that, right? Cause the moon is your soft spot hmm. and Saturn does not care about your soft spots. <laughs> Notoriously, he does not, but I guess it's also <laughs> Saturn's and Capricorn seem to be related to boundaries. Yeah. So maybe. It's like everything with Saturn or Capricorn too, maybe as you get older and you get more experience with setting those boundaries and all of that, maybe that gets easier. That is definitely a a point of it because any Capricorn planet is going to be a fine wine, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it just takes age and time to get to understand its, its nature. So I think a, I mean, age is, does well for all of us. We understand our yes. charts and our positions much more as we go, go on, but especially with the emotional one. Cause as we talked earlier, it's very instinctive and just kind of comes up. 
we also always have to look to too because the moon is not in its own sign. So here we have this debilitated moon, but where's Saturn? How is Saturn helping us within that too? You know, like I have Saturn in Virgo. So it's adding even more earth to it. It's adding even more work. It's adding even more criticism there. But it also, I think, helps with the, the purification process of understanding my my moon and, and working with it, working with what I got. You know, I, I think that's another good characteristic with the moon and Capricorn is very practical and it can work with, it can work with bare bones. It can work with whatever, with whatever it's got around. Yeah. Yeah, It's like the goat that'll eat anything because it can, it can use whatever is around and make it into more goat (laughs) actually. Well, Mel, what do you think some practical advice for people to make the most? If they have a moon in Capricorn or Scorpio and in the course of their studies of astrology, I know you probably read all kinds of horrible things about your moon when you were first learning astrology. There's a lot of stuff that's really negative that's written about these moon signs. You've already told us some stuff that is really helpful in reframing that. But how about if you have a day like this one, when the moon is in Capricorn, what are the kinds of things that people can do to really make the most of a moon like that, whether in their birth chart or by transit? Well, I feel like by transit, we can actually kind of, we can tap into those energies and use them into a short time. And because there are good things that we can, we can utilize there with our emotional energy behind something, right? Because usually we want to feel like doing something, (laughs) right? If you're going to do something, you want to feel like doing something. So when it's in transit, you know, the moon in Capricorn, this is put that emotional energy into your productivity, into the things you normally don't feel like doing. You can kind of sort of buckle down and, you know, get things handled that uh, you wouldn't normally just want to jump in there and do. But Saturn helps create that focus and that form. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to grumble along the way, maybe, but uh, there's still power to, you know, kind of get in there and move on because it's cardinal of nature, right? You know, if Mm -hmm. we want to start something and have a solid start, the Capricorn moon is good for that. And the motions won't necessarily necessarily get in the way as long as we don't get depressed or <laughs> about it like oh, I got to do this. So it's it's about kind of channeling it in in some way and I guess that's my overall advice with having it natally but also transits is we have to get some sort of awareness around it. And this has to do with emotions just in general. This is not even just debilitated placements. It's like emotional energy we have to be able to step back and step out of. I mean, it's kind of ironic though that where they say with emotional decisions or like coming to things within yourself. They're like, wait two to three days, Uh right? That's the moon's sign cycle there, which is funny. So so check to see if you need to wait two to three days when actually the moon's in Scorpio or the moon's in Capricorn, (laughs) because maybe you'll feel different about it. But with the Scorpio moon, there's so much passion there. There's so much passion there. So if you're, if something's bothering you, you know, put it into creativity have it be the time where you emotionally go deep within yourself to kind of like root out what the causes of your anger or irritation may be, right? Because there's actually gold in irritation and anger. It tells you what it is you really need because we can just go along with life fully ignoring what it is that makes us angry or that irritates us and be like, ah, what, you know, but the Scorpio moon is like, you know what? Maybe something needs to change within that. And that's the beauty of these debilitated moons is that they are inconsistent and inconsistency allows for change. So that's kind of like, oh, I'm getting tingles when I say that. That's kind of the beauty of the moon is it's like almost let yourself get disrupted 
emotionally in a way because it actually can shift something that may need to change, if, if that makes sense. That's a really good way to think about it. Because the moon in Scorpio can be really challenging. We're getting in touch with the things that have really been bothering us. And sometimes at a deep level, a deep emotional level, that it's sometimes hard to share that or express it out in the world. So although it's uncomfortable, you're quite right. That is the way change happens. And it's (laughs) the little grain of sand in the oyster that makes the pearl. So we have to appreciate these, I think. Well, thank you so much. That is really good food for thought about the moon. And Mel, tell us more about where listeners can find you and the kinds of things that you have coming up. I know you mentioned a class that you're teaching. What else is happening? What else is happening? Well, I well, am... tell us about the class. <laughs> well, I'm in the, the classes will probably be over by the time <laughs> that this, that this airs. I am teaching a class on uh chain of command, uh, rulership and dignities in astrology. And it has been a fascinating four-week journey. Chances are I will teach it again. And I do teach. So if you want to find out more about courses or classes, workshops, but also my podcast, I host a podcast called Energetic Principles. You can go to energeticprinciples.com. You can Find me also on Instagram at Energetic Principles, where I have become known for doing some reels and some funny reels. I don't do them all the time, but people really enjoy them. Mm -hmm. So if you are on IG, come check me out there. But I do have a podcast that I've been doing for, oh my gosh, April, how long has it been? A long time now. It's been four over four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I release an episode, a monthly forecast, and I will always have a guest on forecasting with me for each zodiacal season. Uh, and then we also have specialty episodes that I host. You know, I don't even know what am I at, like 150 episodes now, and they're all very long. <laughs> so if you're a podcast listener, which I think you are, probably you're here listening to April here at today. Come on over. Well, it's like I was I was telling Mel before we started recording how much I really love long format podcast episodes because I'm listening while I'm in the middle of doing something. I don't want to have to stop and queue up another episode or something. And so I really have enjoyed your episodes. You have great interviews and all kinds of really interesting content. Do you have a mailing list that people can sign up for? Thank you. I, you know, you always forget what what it is you do. (laughs) I do have a mailing list and I have a monthly newsletter that goes at the beginning of each month and it's called the heavenly wind. And so I can, I can blow the heavenly wind right to your inbox if you'd like to see what's going on. And so it's a, it's a meaty newsletter that will tell you all the major transits that are going on for that month. I have the, the, moves of the personal planets, a breakdown of each, the new moon and the full moon. There's an animal ambassador and a little tarot elemental spread that I do. And I'll share whatever else is going on there. But it is a uh, very a packed newsletter that goes out at the beginning of every month. So you can go once again, energeticprinciples.com. The front page of my website down at the bottom will have a sign up for the newsletter. So yeah. Well, sign on up and that way people can find out when you have classes coming up because I know I've had a number of questions and I've talked a little bit about rulership and planetary strengths and that kind of thing on my own podcast, but I know there's a lot of interest in it. So get on Mel's list and the next time she's teaching that class, you got a place to go to really go in depth. That's right. As her little Saturn in Virgo loves oh, to do. I, <laughs> yeah. You want to go deep? My Scorpio rising and the <laughs> we'll take you. We'll get in there. And yes. that Saturn of Virgo, 
I got a couple of augers here that I could use to go <laughs> down really deep. Well, that's great. So everybody run and do that. And Mel, thank, thank you, you so much, I, honey. I loved being on your program and honored to be the first. Well, that is everything that I have for you today. So I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for joining me for this first day of the third annual Podathon. This weekly podcast is audience funded and your generous donations really help me keep the podcast coming to you. To make your donation, please go to BigSkyAstropod.com and follow the link. Anyone who donates $10 or more will receive access to my Equinox and Solstice episodes. And if you donate $25 or more, you'll be automatically entered to win one of these wonderful prizes. One winner will get enrollment in one of my upcoming courses. One extra specially lucky winner will get a free 60-minute reading with moi. And one super lucky winner will get a full 90-minute reading with me. And one winner is going to win one of those beautiful astrology posters. Now, to be entered in the drawing, you need to make your donation of $25 or more no later than Monday, September 12, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Time. As I said, I like to thank everyone who donates on the air in an episode sometime in the months to come. If you do not want me to mention your name, please email me, april at bigskyastrology.com, and I will be sure to keep it just between us. Thanks very much to my wonderful special guest, Mel LaFerra, and to all of you for helping me kick off this third annual Potathon. Join me again bright and early tomorrow morning for another episode. And until then, keep your feet on the ground and your eyes on the stars. That's it for today. Don't forget to make your donation at BigSkyAstropod.com. And join us each Labor Day weekday for another very special episode of the Big Sky Astrology Podcast.